All right, we are back from Salt Lake City. Well, at least one of us is back from Salt Lake City. The yeah. other one has uh, stayed on the road. On the road. Mr. Hollywood. All right, tell everybody where you're at and what you're doing, because this is exciting. <laughs> I still can't believe you didn't. Why, why wouldn't you have told me this last week? I, you know, on, on the podcast, my brain's kind of weird. I forget things. I'm in so Las how Vegas. Do you, how do you forget that you're going to be going out to... Shamar's Los Angeles, out. yeah, yeah. You know, Shamar, like, how, like, I mean, seriously, I've told you this before. If we're gonna do this together, I know we I, need it, to communicate. It, it wasn't, it wasn't intentional. It, it, you, I'm a weird guy, Jeff. I mean, like, literally, <laughs> I don't think about things that way. I mean, like, you know, I'm thinking more like, wow, I haven't seen Julie in, you know, I'll see her three days in essentially four. I'm weeks. not talking about Julie right now. I'm talking about me. And I'm, I'm talking about our relationship. I know, but I'm just telling you where my head's at. That's that's kind of the only thing I'm thinking about. So it never even occurred to me to be like, yeah, I'm going down and calling those matches at Shamar's house uh, this weekend, which I'm actually nervous about. It's a podcast that we have absolutely no agenda with. How does this not come into <laughs> I, your brain? I know, man. I'm of, a all the, of all the things we talk about, I'm a weirdo. how does this not come up last week? I'm a weirdo. And I'm sitting inside this pretty cool suite here at the green valley resort in vegas we're off the strip we decided that somehow that would be smarter right not so get wait in, a second not right, get right, in right. trouble in vegas yeah so let's wrong. let's back up here so all right so is your final destination los angeles yes and you're now stopping in las vegas or are you all meeting in las vegas no no we're stopped well the final destination will be tomorrow in in la okay but tonight, you guys just decided to break up the drive, take a little rest, and stay in uh, Las Vegas. One day became two. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Of course it did. Yeah. yeah so who's yeah. all with you? It's uh, Michael Kane, aka Ghostfinger, Stacy, and myself. Nice. Boys trip. Boys trip. Yeah, we're working hard though. As you can see, I'm alone in this hotel space. They're out doing whatever they're doing right now. I'm actually being a dutiful employee. And being a great guy and staying somewhat, you know, controlled. And then you'll meet them in an hour in, in exactly in exactly 47 will, minutes once we're yeah, done with this. I will hit an Uber up and I will join them wherever they are. But, you know, I'm so far behind at this point. Right. I mean, I, I don't I don't think 40. I don't think 50 minutes of content is going to kill you. You'll no, no, right. no, no, no. I'm saying I'm so far behind in the day of what they're doing. You know what I mean? By the oh, time I get there, yeah. they're probably going to be ready to pass out. So. Yeah. All right, so in Las Vegas, final destination, Los Angeles. You guys mm -hmm. meeting with Shamar and yep. SWAT Cornhole or just, just Shamar? What are you guys doing down there? Uh, filming uh, Road to Airmail City. There's actually celebrity. There's a Super Bowl qualifier. So you've got, uh, gosh, it's been all over social media, and now I can't remember. Sam Finley's playing with Chuck Liddell. Uh, Shamar is playing with, gosh, I got to look it up. I, I should have all this memorized, but it's essentially a uh, a qualifier for Super Bowl. And when is it? Is it Friday or is it Saturday? Saturday. Saturday. Okay. Is and it on TV or ESPN three? Be on ESPN three okay. digital network. Okay, good. Nine o'clock so, on so Saturday. So you're actually doing the play by play, right? And is yeah, David, I'm nervous. Is David going to be the analyst? I don't think. Uh, yeah, David Lynn will be my analyst. I'm worried because I'm not as good as you with this sort of thing. I'm not as prepared as you are. Oh, so. you've done you've done plenty though on the digital network. I know, but that's like silly stuff. Streaming like this is actually going to. Well, know, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why they wanted you to do it because they wanted it to be kind of silly and fun. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, you be you. Yeah, just let me be me. 
But, you know, like even right now, I'm forgetting like who all's there and all the previous winners of Super Bowl and all the things I'm going to need to talk about. So I say this all the time and I know it sounds um, silly to a lot of people because they probably think that broadcasting and doing play by play is so easy. But it's pretty amazing, isn't it? It's it's unbelievable the amount of information that goes through your brain and what you have to juggle during a broadcast. I tell you what, this past weekend was really difficult because we did teams in the morning. Right. 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 So doubles didn't start until what, around two? And and it yeah. fin- and, and of course, we had to go on at seven o'clock to record right. the women's doubles final. Well, right. you guys all got done with the doubles. I mean, we didn't know who was going to be in it until like six fifty eight. I didn't get over to the court for that seven o'clock game. I mean, I got over around six thirty, six forty. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, and I was calling the match I and mean, I was literally right. got up from a microphone, ran over. No food jumped on another microphone while you guys were preparing and you were re- you were doing reads and yeah you know, I mean, was, and there, uh, there was no the, the problem with doing it that way is that there's no time for preparation so right. again for the second event in a row Matthew Creek Killer makes it in you know makes it onto the broadcast court and here I am literally about ninety seconds before we're going on the air congratulating him for another great tournament and trying to get to know him right you know and, and, which is and, tough Matthew I love Matthew yeah. as a player but he's not very gregarious he's not going to give you a lot emotionally or really talk. really super nice guy though we did yeah. have a fun conversation albeit for like 20 seconds right um, but then you know the celebrities are showing up I had no chance I didn't meet any of the celebrities till we were on the air I had no idea who was coming on to join us I mean oh. it was just it was just I mean it, it really is I mean like when I do when I do football and basketball games like when I have a college football game on a Saturday I literally have all week sure. to, to prepare I mean, sure. we normally take we, well. I shouldn't say that Sunday after after a game on Saturday. Sunday, I'll normally um, just kind of data dump everything and write it down for the next for the next week. And yeah, then Monday, S- and then Monday's yeah. kind of a down day. But then Tuesday, we we crank back up. We have co- conference calls. You have all week to prepare for it. So by the time you walk into the stadium on Saturday, I know who's playing, who's not playing, where everyone's going to be. I know all the coaches. You know all the you know everything. Yeah. With this, it's just I mean, it, it literally. I mean, you're just you're just put a bunch of names in a hat, throw it up, and you have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, with, with college athletics, right, you've got a sports and some sports information director office where they're putting together these packets for you guys. I mean, you yeah. guys literally have a packet that you can study all week, which is right. awesome, right? We're running by the seat of our pants. And then, I mean, you know, what you guys have to do is crazy. I'm making little announcements, and I've got this little script that I'm supposed to read. And not everyone knows our players all that well. Right. They know the celebrities, which we had to say certain things about the celebrities because their agents wanted it said. So I just, you know, the hell with the script at that point. I'm just making stuff up on the fly. Right. You, you know, and it's like, Same. it's not as easy as everyone thinks it is. Yeah. And, and again, with no time to prepare, that was that, yeah. that was the problem. Um, But yeah, and it was strange with, I guess we can talk about it. This, this is what the podcast is for. Speaking of Super Bowl and celebrities, strange yeah. situation with, uh, with, um, this weekend of the players because because Joe Biana mm-hmm. is Arnold Schwarzenegger's son. Yes. But for national TV purposes, um, and this this is not I, I don't think this is actually Joe's decision. You know, through his through his agents and his, you know, his his PR directors and PR and media people, they do they did not want us to reference him as Arnold Schwarzenegger's son. I mean, they even they even told us before and they didn't even say Arnold Schwarzenegger. They said they said, please, no mention of the father. Right. We had to cut it. We had to cut it out of the uh, the introduction. 
Yeah, they called. They called. They 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 didn't even write, they didn't even say his name. They said no mention of the father. Right. And so when they came up and said that to me, I said, I said no problem. I said, um, you know, I've got I've got the list of the movies that Joe's in. He's doing great, by the way. I mean, he's in four films, two that come out in uh, November or December, and two that are. I mean, one one is with John Malkovich. The other guy is with uh, the other ones with Anthony Hopkins. I mean, big time movies coming out that he's in. Sure. So Joe's rocking and rolling. I mean, with or without the name of his dad, he's rocking and rolling. And uh, so I said, no problem. I said, I was going to talk about his movies and then just mentioned that he's the son of Arnold Schwarzenegger, just so that people would know. And he said, no mention of the father. Looked at me dead in the eye. And I'm like, okay, got it. But you know that story, right? I think, oh yeah. And I, I know the whole backstory, but I think it puts us in a, in a weird spot though, Bernie, because, you know, for anyone who does know that he's Arnold Schwarzenegger's son. Not it's talking like, about it. Seems yeah. Like it's, it's like, that's yeah. just weird not to talk about it. Yeah. I, I think I thought so anyway. But in, in the in the in the crazy thing was is that I went up and, and talked to Joe, and Joe has a relationship with his father. He yeah. actually has a really good relationship with his father, so much so that he actually recreates his dad's old iconic photos. Like there's this great photo of, of Arnold, you know, with with basically this this petite blonde on one arm, and and I think flexing the other or doing this or something like that with yeah. the other. And so Joe recreated that and put it on social media and it's, and it's, it's priceless. I mean, he's even yeah. recreated some of the scenes from his dad's film. So I don't know where this came from, but it was kind of strange. But anyway, he, uh, he, he, ends, up, he, a, he ends up winning Super Bowl. We're not talking yeah. about him being the son of, but yeah. it, it all worked out. I thought his story was fascinating because I don't think many people, I think even when people found out that's who he was, I don't think they really get the story. I think they've forgotten what happened. I, I did. I that, totally did. That Arnold Schwarzenegger was married to a Kennedy, Maria Shriver, 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 and had an affair with a house employee. And that affair is what produced Joe. But the, and, and another, I mean, there's so many crazy turns to it. But yeah. but one of them was the fact that apparently the father didn't even know until Joe got older or Joseph got older. And started yeah. to resemble him. That's when some of the questions started being asked, and mm -hmm. that's when it really kind of came yep. came to light. But um, I mean, I, I but, get it from his perspective. I wouldn't want. I mean, that's kind of a awful thing to know. Like, you don't want to be known as that. You don't want to introduce yourself and get to know people because all you're going to get is their judgment on you know how you grew up, what happened yeah. in your life. You're, they're not even going to look at you as a person anymore. So I get where he's coming from, not wanting people to understand or know any of that stuff. I do too, but he just did a media tour. I mean, Men's Health magazine. He's I mean, playing both sides of it. No, he's playing both sides of it. For yeah, sure. I mean, there were there were there were big time publications that um, that wrote lengthy stories and did interviews with him. And and again, to his credit, he is a terrific guy. Great. Guy. I mean, he was so he was so nice to meet and so gracious. It just it, it's just strange to me. You just wonder. I guess I guess my point of all this is you wonder when you get to that level, who's in control of who? You know, is because is this is this something that I, I guess my gut feeling is, I'll just say it, in my gut feeling, I don't think this is necessarily Joe's idea. I, I think he has people behind the scenes who are telling him, we think this is best for you. Yes, for sure. Because he he seems to, to, I mean, truly love his dad and have a great relationship. It was just, the whole thing was just a little strange to me. It was, it was a little odd. Yeah. I loved but how Joe, Kyle, again, Joe I loved, was great. I loved how Kyle Van Noy, another participant in Super Bowl in Salt Lake City, lineman now for the LA Chargers. I loved how competitive he got. Like he yeah. was upset that he didn't win. He wasn't like, oh, you know, oh, well, didn't win. No big deal. I mean, you could tell he was he wasn't real happy about the loss. I like that. I think that's right. awesome. You know, like most a lot of our Super Bowl participants, 
you know, it's fun. Yay, we get out there. You know, if we've got a brand to talk about that we're supporting or a charity, they're going to talk about that. It's a good way to get that out there. But he was genuinely upset that he didn't win. Yeah, yeah I love that. I thought it was awesome. Well, on a, on a, on a, on a larger picture, I can tell you, um, Marlon, again, I mean, just knocked out of the park. I mean, the, these, these celebrities that we're getting are so great to work with. I mean, we talked yeah. about Joe being a nice guy, but uh, both Vernon and Kyle, both for those who don't know, Vernon Davis was uh, one of the celebrity throwers, and um, and then Kyle Van Noy, who won not one but two Super Bowls with the New England Patriots. So they were both. I mean, they're really great guys. And then of course Lisa Barlow, who's one of the housewives of Salt Lake City. Um, I, I watched a couple of episodes just kind of to prepare myself for you know, who she was and, you know, cause sometimes like, I, like when we had David Lim on is when I started watching SWAT and now I watch it all the time. I'm actually pretty hooked on it. Uh, oh, yeah? I love, lo- yeah, I love the show. Um, all right. You ready? I have to say this because I forgot it. I don't mean to interrupt, yeah. but I have to, I have to give the participants this weekend. Okay. I have to do it on the show and I don't want to, I just, I forgot them, but I have to say it and then we'll get back. Okay. Sam Finley playing with Chuck Liddell, former right. MMA great. Chuck, You remember Liddell. that one? Remember that one? Shamar Moore's playing with Trey Birchfield. <laughs> Shocking. Cameron right. Belvin playing with Greg Gaines and El- plays with the LA Rams. Okay. And Noah Wooten is playing with Michelle Joy Phelps, who's a TV host. Okay. In in uh, in LA. Very good. So there you go. That's your little, lineup. That's the lineup. That's who I'll be calling with David. So. But uh, you know, going back to these people, they were all. I mean, they were all terrific to work with, and, and Lisa. You know, she she portrays you know what you know what I mean. She plays herself on Housewives of Salt Lake City, um, and not that she's not a good person on the show because she is. But you know those shows. I mean, they're yeah. they're they're a train wreck sometimes, and so much yeah. drama. And she is so not that behind the scenes. I mean, she was really really cool and you know, and, and laid back. And and I asked her. I said, I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, how much, you know, how much coaching goes on? you know, that kind of stuff. And she said, not, not much. She's, she's like, it's, it's real. What you see is. Yeah. They ply him with alcohol and they put him in situations where drama is going to happen though. Right. I, I guess. I don't know. It, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, so I, I watched, I watched a little bit of two different episodes and literally my anxiety level was through the roof. I had to turn, <laughs> I had to turn it off. I'm like, I cannot watch this. She was really nice though. Wasn't she? She was. That's what I mean. She's she was really great. Cool. Yeah. Um, they're all, but, but again, they're all really, really, really nice people. I didn't really get a chance to talk to Joe. I mean, I, I, could, I heard him talking to other people. He seemed like a really nice guy. Yeah, he was. Talked to Kyle Van Oy, talked to uh, Vernon Davis. I mean, it's cool having Vernon Davis. I mean, that's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. You know, and that's super – that's a – Big time. If, if younger kids don't remember who he was as a tight end, just go back and watch. Yeah. He was a beast. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite certain I had him on several of my fantasy football teams. Hey – Back did you forget? Did you have in your packet that he he was he was in Dancing with the Stars? I did not. I didn't see that. Yeah, I didn't know he participated in that either. What is like, whoa, 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 in my packet? You yeah, got a I'm, packet? I didn't get a packet. I got like a, some notes. But... Yeah, that, that I wrote. No, 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 not not your notes. I got them from the agent of what to say, and the agent. Oh, didn't I didn't get any of that. Any. Yeah. Uh, just for the introductions. Again, information. Need to know. It'd be need, good to have. I, it wasn't in there. And I was like, someone was like, oh, yeah, he was on Dancing with the Stars. I was like, that would have been funny. Yeah. Right? To say that. Yeah, that would, that would have been good to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, a good time. Yeah. But it's it's hectic, right? 
back to your original point, it's not as easy. What you are able to do with Trey and make it seem so seamless and, and effortless means shows how good you both are. And I don't think people get that. Uh, I think well, everyone I thinks they can do it. I don't know it. about that, but, <laughs> but it, I mean, feel, I think, it, feels like, it feels like an absolute, especially Super Hole with the interviews going on and the play yeah. going on in the court and everyone's mic'd up. I mean, it's it it feels, in my head, it feels like a train wreck. It is, but it's a fun train wreck. It's like a, it's supposed to be kind of, does that make sense? It's supposed to be a fun reprieve. You know, there's no tension in the games. It's kind of, you know, for yeah. just pure enjoyment. So it's supposed to kind of be all over the place, I think. Well, if it comes okay. off that if it comes off as entertaining, yeah. I, I'm totally okay with that. I'm just saying in my head, I'm oh, yeah. trying to. I've got so many Everywhere. moving pieces, and I mean, da- and, and huge credit to David Harris behind the scenes too. He and I both, you know, because he's constantly talking to my ear. He and I both are trying to just keep the ship moving forward. And, he's and tell- it just it feels it feels like a train wreck sometimes. David's going crazy. He's telling me we need people to interview over here. Don't let them leave the court. Got grab them. You know, and it's like, yeah. all right, man, this is crazy. Yeah, I think what we're going to do moving forward, just to pull back the curtain, is that the interviews seem to be, in my opinion, interfering with the play on the court. Like, I mean, people are tuning in because they want to see the players play. Now, we want to give these celebrities time to speak and promote whatever they're doing, you know, whether it's a new contract or it's a new movie or it's a new product. Like uh, Lisa Barlow and her Tequila. husband uh, own Vita Tequila, so she kind of want to talk about that. Totally get it. So I think what we're going to do moving forward, because we're all mic'd up, right? Yeah. And everyone has an agenda. I think what we're going to do is, like when Vernon came on, same thing. We'll keep Vernon for four or five questions and then let him go. And the same thing with Lisa. Bring her on, four or five questions, and then we'll sure. let him go. Because because I feel like what's happening when we do these interviews is that we're missing some great moments on the court. Absolutely. And, and with the celebrities being mic'd up and, and a lot of them playing for the first time, I've said this before, you know, that, that stuff is gold and that's what I want to hear. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's tough for me to enjoy that when I'm trying to, you know, interview yeah. a person going back and forth. So I think we're going to kind of tweak that a little bit. Which you be know good. what's happening here? What, how much time we got left? Oh my gosh. We've been talking for 20 minutes already. Cornhole. We've been talking cornhole for 20 minutes. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I mean, this has got to be close to a record for us and we've still got more to talk about. We haven't even talked about how Jamie Graham, cemented his place as the best player on the planet at this game. Oh my gosh. All right. You want to get into that since you mentioned it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I just, I thought it was. So well, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to continue to talk about cornhole. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What's going it's on first, show? first time for everything. But I, I mean, I've never been that good at any one thing ever, you know, can do certain things here and there, but nothing all that spectacular. It would be pretty cool to know that you were the best on the planet at what you do. I agree. It's a great point. And Jamie Graham, I think, has kind of cemented himself as the best on the planet in what he does. Absolutely. And he and and really the Jamie Graham, Trey and I have been talking about this. You guys probably have two on the on the digital broadcast. You know, the big question was who are we gonna see this year? Is it twenty twenty Jamie or is it twenty twenty one Jamie? And boy, it really seems to be twenty twenty Jamie. I mean, he's he is calm. He is patient. He is thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Um, he's strategizing and dominant, dude. I mean, just dominant. I, yeah. Again, that just that heavy push bag that is so accurate is back. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I sent him a text when he posted on Facebook. I I loved watching him play 
this weekend. I mean, there are certain players that we all love watching, sure. right? I mean, I loved watching him not only play, but I loved watching him compete this weekend. I uh, I had a chance to do a lot of his matches over on the streaming courts. And just to watch him play, I mean, he's got a very high cornhole IQ, mm-hmm. which I don't think people really give him enough credit for. I think totally they know agree. that. He, but, you know, and, and I think because he takes time in between shots, people get a little upset because there are times he goes a little too far with it. He probably is overthinking. But he's also, you know, he has a certain number of times he flips the bag. It's a minimum of six. I don't think people know that, but he's doing that a minimum of six times. Mm-hmm. And he's thinking because he's – Anthony Ione had a great uh, comment, shout out to the professor, that he asked Jamie about that. And Jamie told him straight up that he knows what he's going to do within two or three seconds. Yeah. Yeah. But we talked just, about that on the broadcast. But he's just trying to make himself calm. Yep. And he's, you know, he's going to flip the bag a few times. He's just calming himself down, but he knows what he's doing. And so that's, that's good to hear. I'm glad he's not overthinking. But I, I, he's, put, he's put, it just, this, put it this he's way. He's just owning it. Yeah. Put it this way. He made Matt Guy look like the other player all weekend in doubles for that doubles team, that super team, quote unquote. And that's hard to do. I mean, Matt was the B player. I mean, Jamie was the dominant force for that doubles team all weekend. And and then singles, you know, he, he pulls the double, which has only happened once, and it was yeah. Matt Guy. But it's uh it's impressive. Yeah, totally. And and I and I do one more point on him. I do love that he's just owning that. There, there are, and I, he and I talked about it quite a bit this weekend. And I made the comparison to major league pitchers, and you know this as well as I do. There are pitchers back throughout the history of the game, and numerous pitchers. Like the first one that comes to mind for me is Steve Traxel, because I actually had a chance to broadcast him while he was pitching on minor league rehab a few times. It takes forever to pitch, right? Yeah. But he's a guy who made millions of dollars in the major leagues. Hall of Famer, no, but he made millions and millions of dollars. But yeah. he was notoriously a slow pitcher. It's just it's just who he was. He needed to do that. Yeah. And Jamie felt like he needed to get back to that. And so you're absolutely right. He knows what he's going to do. He's just trying to get that peace yeah. within himself so that he can have that that clarity of mind to be able to actually throw the bag. And, and if that's what it takes, then yeah. that's what it takes. You know, a lot of people there's, give him a hard time, but well, hey, there's it's, it's there's a point. lot of talk out there, and it's been it's been talked about for a while. It has it wasn't just this weekend that made it happen, because I called it the last match. As a matter of fact, on the streaming court with Jamie and another player, Philip Lopez, playing next to each other, and Philip was making Jamie look like a fast player. Oh my gosh! That match <laughs> took forever. Yeah, and there's been a shot clock conversation. But anyway, back to Jamie. One last thing. You know, you talk about is it 2020 or 2021 version? I think this is actually a different version from either one of those. This is a 2022 version that's better, I think, than the 2020 version because the talent pool is deeper and better. Yeah, and he's doing this against better talent and deeper talent. So, I mean, I think it's it's a whole nother level. Yeah, you could for sure make that argument. Uh, Speaking of of new talent, I feel like every time we have an event, we're talking about about new players that that we haven't discussed on the podcast before but right. man huge shout out again to matthew creek killer right mm-hmm. but how about jacob foreman jacob i mean again these very two, similar players they're very similar two, players and these two guys are from small small towns in eastern oklahoma uh cloud creek is where creek killer is from and jay oklahoma is where foreman's from i mean literally combined total 
population of these two towns, maybe a little over 2000, right? Yeah. I mean, they're not used to the spotlight. They're not used to the lights. They're not used to the attention, but man, just, just terrific guys and, and played so well. And Jacob Foreman playing on national TV for the first time. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I couldn't think of anything better than just the stupid ice water in his veins cliche, but that's exactly what it was. I mean, just absolutely stone faced. Yeah. And totally locked in on what he was doing. No emotion whatsoever. And I thought, and I know they didn't win the championship, but man, to get there, they played extremely well and killed it on national TV. I was proud of Tyler Cobb. Yes, he's, he's I, that's had, another one. The Cobb brothers in general have had a little bit of a struggle this year, and all three of them played very well in Salt Lake City. Do you but think Tyler, Tyler played? Do you think Tyler played better than Jimmy in that uh, doubles? Oh, oh, on my final? Probably. Yeah, I think Tyler might have. Act- Actually, I played, and I love Jimmy. And Jimmy's yeah. obviously having a terrific season. But Tyler, Tyler really played well. I think Tyler really likes it when he gets there. I think if you if, when he Good. struggles, he struggles out on the floor, you know, getting to the big moments. But once he's there, I think he really relishes it. That's good. I like that. Yeah, me too. That's that's why I liked him in the, from the get go when he kind of came on the scene last or two years ago. That's what I liked about him is like once he's there, he kind of enjoys it. Not everyone right. does. And I know people sometimes, you know, I've got friends and others that are like, well, that's cornhole, no big deal. It's like it's national television under the lights, man. I don't care what you say, it's different. And not Agreed. everyone handles it well. I mean, yeah. we've seen people blow up on those courts. And and Trey has said it numerous times in the broadcast, it takes practice to play on national TV. It takes experience and it takes practice. Yep. And for a couple of these guys to be doing what they're doing this year um, on national TV for the first time, even if they're not winning it, Still playing well and competing at a high level on national TV under the lights. It's uh, it's pretty so, special what they're doing. So, all right, one last thing about cornhole. You ready for this? Did yeah. you hear the stat line of the weekend? No, which was, which one? It was the bracket final between Tony Smith and Noah Wooten, Cheyenne Renner, and James Baldwin. Okay. Uh, Tony and Cheyenne are on the same side, thrown against each other. Right. Tony Smith, uh, thirty-three of thirty. I know where you're going. Thirty-three or thirty-four of thirty-six or thirty-seven backs. He did. He missed four backs. Yeah. Did not score a point. Cheyenne went thirty-five of thirty-six. Yes, I did hear that. And you know, and that's not just you know how like you talk about hole for hole action and it's bank. Tony plays a block game, and every time he would put a block up, she'd just go right through it. And, and you know, and when you're when you're Tony Smith, who had a great weekend as well, you know, getting to the singles final, I mean, he was playing well. He was putting the bag exactly where he wanted she just wouldn't miss yeah and i really wish i would have called that game it was actually the court next to the court i was calling but it was crazy that's when she is just money right when when you're throwing a perfect level one level one and a half v block right there in front of the hole and she just goes right through it effortlessly hits it right at the point and right through it yeah it's she makes it look easy and it's just not i know yeah Love that. All right. Can I bring up one more cornhole? Absolutely. All right. So Tony Smith, since you brought up his name, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think that the dirty game, dirty board game, do you think that that is a way to play where you can be consistent enough to win throughout an entire weekend and win a championship on TV. 
Yes. Be- because my thought is it's not. And I knew you were going to say that. I mean, it is. I mean, Jamie can play that way. I mean, what, but he Jamie, doesn't, though, Bernie. He does he, not. He play does that when way. he has to. See, the, the, but, what but makes that, Jamie that's, so that's, great. What, what that's makes what he Jamie did last so, year. Yeah. What makes Jamie so great is he can play both styles. The problem with Tony Smith and the way he plays is the bag never slides. Even when, you know, a lot of people, you know, when he's hitting just a straight slide shot, for example, it still doesn't slide. Right. He can't it, do it. It hops. It hops. Yes. So if he's off just an inch on a weekend, right? He's just off an inch. That's what I mean. He can't control that bag. Now, I think Matthew Creek Killer has been there quite a few times and he plays a dirty game. So, but, I, but I feel, but I feel like he only does it when he has to. And Trey and I talked about this. I mean, yeah. if he he can go hole for hole. He can slide it with you. But but he's not. He's no. But I I don't feel like Tony can. And because of what you were exactly just saying. No, I, I'm with I just, you. I think, I think Tony... there are some guys like like Noah and like Eric and and like Tony. It's really hard to play a traditional slide game because their bags are just so. Like I said in the air, they're just they have so much attitude. Not not the players. Their bags when they throw them, yeah. the bags are just agitated going up the board. I think what hurts them when they get deep, and when I when I say deep, I mean bracket finals, you know, the semifinals that you'll have on the broadcast court. What hurts them is that when they get to that point, they're finally playing someone that can go through them, whether it's Jamie Graham, whether it's uh, you know Cheyenne Renner, like we mentioned before, that they're they played that way all day and all weekend and were mowing people down, right, mowing down ninety five percent of the pro division, just going right through them. Yeah. You get that deep, eventually you're going to run into someone that can, A, play that game just as well as you can, like a Jamie Graham, if he has to. Or you play someone that's just good enough to just go right through you. So try, you're trying to play a dirty game, but they're just going right through you. And the problem with playing a dirty game, and you'll like this point, is that if you're playing that way and, it, and, and it's not working for you as well as you want to, you're giving up points. There's no way to get the points back. You're giving them up. Because, yep. if, like you said, I mean, if a board – I mean, if a bag hits the board and just cuts across a little too hard, well, that bag's out of play. Now now you're trying to get a 10 at best while your opponent's still looking at 12. Yeah. Right? And it's and then they feel like they have to throw another blocker because that board that bag's gone. So all of a sudden, you're giving up so many points. I mean, you're looking right. at an eight at most. You just can't – You they have to be so on to play that way. But, look, Matthew Creek Killer – Tony Smith, I mean, guys have gotten there playing dirty games and they've played it like that all, all day long. I mean, look, Matthew Creek Killer throws blocks. Yeah, I still don't think he has a dirty game, though, like a Tony Smith or an Eric Davis. When he throws first, it is. Now, when he's playing from behind and someone's just sliding, he'll slide with them. Yeah. But when he has first bag, you watch, it'll be right in the front of the hole because he wants to roll it. That's what he. That's his expertise. He wants a bag there so he can keep it as a blocker and then roll over right. it. That's his game. It's not the dirty style that's kind of older where it's a right. block, then it's an airmail show kind of thing. A lot of these younger kids throw a block and then they roll, 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 which is, I think, awesome and better because if you're short on a roll, it's still on the board, right? If you're long on a yeah, roll, I totally, I totally get that. If, if totally you're long that. on a roll, it's probably still on the board. If you make a mistake with an airmail, it's off. Right. Yeah, I to- totally get that. I, I think I think the larger point and the better point is what you were talking about. You're ju- you're just prone to give up big rounds. And yeah. then the other thing is because Trey and I also talked about this on the broadcast, and I think I think Trey agreed, you know, with my point to a certain extent. The other thing is board conditions. A yes. lot of times, you know, you get a dirty player like a Tony Smith, right? And all of a sudden, you get on the main stage with clean boards that people have not played on. 
the boards sometimes are faster. It seems like a lot of times are, are a little bit faster. Yeah. And that's just not going to, that's not, not that's tough. not going to suit that game. It is. It's, I think, it's I think it's a really well, difficult, difficult I'm way to you. win a championship. I I'm think you can you. win and be successful, but to win consistently at a high level, I think as a dirty, quote unquote, dirty player, it's going to be really difficult to do. I think they could do it. They have to be more like Jamie, and which none of them want to hear. Jamie can play that role game. He can play the block game, the airmail game, all of that, right? Mm -hmm. He can do all of that just as well, if not better than anyone. But if he has to make 25, 26 in a row, you know, 24 in a row, 28 in a row, he can do that in a slide game. That's right. where they hurt themselves is they get so enamored with playing the dirty game. Literally – there's players like Eric Davis, Tony Smith. The first bag they throw is a block every time, every time, every time. Yeah. And I just, you know, when they play against players deeper and deeper in brackets, especially, all right, Matthew Creek Killer is a great example. He doesn't, he kind of likes a dirty game because you throw a block, it just allows him to roll. He's just going to roll over your block. And now you've, you've got a bag just sitting there. Right that you're going to have to clean up sooner or later. And he's just going to make exactly. it clean it because he's just going to roll over it, roll over it, roll over it. But I mean, it's, but see the roll shot, I would argue is still part of the dirty game. Right. I mean, that's part of that game. I mean, I, you're talking more your slide shot, your traditional slide, just straight in shots. Right. I mean, that's not really the roll game's not part of that game. That's part of the quote unquote dirty game. So, I mean, when you look at Creek killers now made what two broadcasts, with you know Jacob Foreman, another player that's just going to roll you to death. Tony Smith this weekend. I mean, if you look, Tyler Cobb, Jimmy Humans. I mean, if you looked at all the players that were there, the only two that probably weren't playing dirty was Matt and Jamie. So, can you win? Yeah, it's just it's hard when you get up against someone like Jamie because he can do what you do as well as you do, but mm -hmm. you can't do what he does as well as he can. He doesn't so, have to do it. He doesn't have to do it to win. No, no, exactly. And yeah, that's, I mean, he, that's, my, that's my point. It, it's so funny. He's so good. You would think he would try to dominate games, like control every round. I think he kind of likes being reactionary. Like you do what you do. I'm going to react to it and go around you, over you, through you. Mm -hmm. Through and you I, is best. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I love, I mean, I I think it affects Amazing. I think it affects players like Tony Smith and others mentally more if someone goes through them. Yeah. Cause like, all right, so if I'm gonna put a blocker up and you're just gonna push it in the hole every time, there's nothing I can do. I can't stop you. I can't score on you. Right. And and I think it gets in their head. But obviously Tony had a great weekend. Let's see if he can continue. I think just the way his bag hops. I mean, like not not all of those guys throw the same way he does. Like if you watch a Creek killer or some others that play a little bit, you know, they're going to throw some blockers up there. They're sliding those blocks into place. Mm. I mean, you, you watch Tony Smith, it hits the board and then jumps. In I know it's just angry. Yeah. yeah it's just, it's, yeah. it's crazy. And that's so much harder to control because it's not sliding, but right. I love watching it. Don't get me wrong. I do yeah. love watching it. I just think consistently at a high level to win championships, this can be really, really difficult. I, I just, I think if Jamie Graham wasn't there, Tony Smith wins that. He was the best player all weekend other than Jamie Grant, right? He gets to a bracket final in doubles. He gets to the finals in singles. He's top three, top four player of that entire weekend. Yep. He just ran into the best player in the world, period. Right. All right, last but not least, got to keep moving here. Uh, Kaylee and Megan, huge shout yes. out to them, right? 
for knocking yes. off Cheyenne and uh, and Sarah, getting past them. So a big win for them. And and um, to see the smile on Megan's face after she won, man, yeah. that was that was priceless, wasn't it? I mean, That's... she genuinely was happy because I feel like she's a person I see her play a lot of times. She's so serious, which many players are. I get it. Yeah. Um, to see her smile and relax after that win, you could tell that was that was a big win for her. So I congrats, thought, congrats to the ladies. Yeah, Trey Ryder made a great point that you know both of those ladies have won before, but they won with other people, and it seemed like well that partnership's not going to last. That's just kind of a temporary thing, right? Yeah. It, you know, but you feel like this partnership can finally is someone's finally going to take you know give Cheyenne and Sarah you know a run for their money, but. You know, the, the thing is, it's still on the single side with the ladies. I mean, they're all trying to catch Cheyenne. And I think, personally, I don't think Cheyenne looks at it as being in the women's game anymore. Does that make sense? Um, she's, she's focused on being yes, the top five I know player exactly, in the world. I know exactly what you mean, and I totally agree with you. She Thanks. has her she has her sights on a much higher level. Yeah. Yep, and, I agree. And I think that's why her game's gotten to the level. But, look, no one – you know, I was – look – I like to brag about it and I joke about it being on like, you know, the vice president of her fan club because her mom won't let me be president. But I, I just, I, I've, I've been a fan of her game because when you watch people that do things effortless, when they make it look effortless and they make it look smooth and easy, that means they're really good. Yeah. When you watch Ken Griffey Jr. swing a baseball bat, uh, you knew that was excellence, right? Yeah, that was just pure excellence. And when you watch her throw, Look, I mean, like, you know, she's able to push through guys like Tony Smith and guys with heavy bags and, you know, and she does it and it looks like she's not even trying. Right. And then you watch other players that are, it looks like they're going into conniptions just trying to get the bag down there. And it's just, it's fun to watch. I just think she's on another level. We talked about it. I don't know if she has enough shots to win it all yet. Because there's times that you have to, do more than slide air mail. Mm-hmm. I mean, although that's what Matt Guy does. Yeah. <laughs> so she I, could just be the, she could be Matt Guy 2.0. Yeah. I mean, she's actually got a much better, Matt can't push through like she can. The way that she can push through bags, Matt can't do that. I agree. Totally. And agree. it's, and it's, uh, but his air mail is so ridiculous at times. Right. But, uh, oh, by the way, speaking of air mails, one last thing. Is this a whole is this a whole episode about Cornell? I don't know, man. All I know is it's starting to hurt my head. Like yeah, seriously. Right. So I had Jimmy McGuffin this weekend, and we were, you know, Jimmy McGuffin's finally back healthy and make, made a deep run in singles. And we had his game. We've, Actually, we've we, talked, been, we talked about like 20 different players now. It may have been doubles, but we were just like, all right, we did a Jimmy uh McGuffin airmail count. He shot 27 of 34 airmail, made 27 of his 34 airmails, and I was missed. Sitting- you. Missed two in the last round because he didn't care. So essentially, he made 27 of 32 emails, uh, air mails. That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it was. I was sitting, I literally was sitting right next to you. Yeah. And I was, saw your little tally chart. <laughs> we were all joking about it, but that's just crazy. It's crazy. All right. Can we talk about something else now, please? Yeah, man. I'm re- Actually, how about me being the one that talked about it the whole time? I know, right? Yeah. I'm impressed. Thank you. I'm impressed. Um, a lot to talk about, though. I mean, really, a lot to. Lot it was to fun. Did it seem like that was more fun, even though Utah is a crazy weird place? I loved. I loved the venue. I loved the the backdrop oh, of the gorgeous. venue. Oh, oh my gosh, to see the mountains! I'd never been there before. It I haven't either. I mean, of it's all Salt the Lake places City's to go, awesome. that was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
you know, we talk about this quite a bit, but it's, it's work. So we don't get a chance to go out really. I would love to have gone into the city. Apparently it shuts down at night. Apparently there's nothing. I I think there might be a couple of like private bars or clubs or something like that. But, uh, other than that, it like shuts down at eleven o'clock. I, I would is, love to have gone and seen. Not a city. nightlife town, that is for sure. Everything's the latest I saw a restaurant was ten o'clock. Jeez, wow. Oh, and how about did you did you see the University of uh, Utah? No. Oh my gosh, Bernie. So all right, so when you're driving towards the airport, and I don't even know what interstate that is, so you're going up the interstate, and Salt Lake City's off on your right, mm-hmm. and Salt Lake City's right, basically right at the base of the mountain range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The university kind of spans just kind of up the side of the mountain right there Doesn't and the really, dormitories yeah. and the buildings and the football stadium and the basketball arena right there. Like, man, wow. What a cool place yeah, to go to school. school. Yeah. The schools in Utah have pretty nice backdrops, right? I mean, BYU is yeah. down in Provo and yeah. we had to drive through that area and the mountains are even bigger down there. It seemed like it was just nuts. I mean, like, and then I think Weber state's the same way and Utah state, they all have these ridiculous backdrops. Yeah. It's crazy. But I was asking an Uber driver, I was like, so do you guys just kind of take all this for granted? This just beauty around you? She was like, yeah, I guess so. We don't really think about it. Wow. Because it is gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It really was. All right. Um, we got 10 minutes left. Are we, nice. we going to do uh, meet Jeff and Bernie? Okay. Can I ask you a question, by the way, first? Yeah. Uh, oh, two things. One, by the way. So I brought the, remember I said I'm going to start reading? Yeah. So there it is. My book. I actually bought oh, a nice. real. I actually bought a real book. Love Dave. Grohl. So I, I'm, I'm going to make you hold me accountable, even if it's just five pages between now and next week when we record our next episode. Um, I got to start reading again. It's He's killing an interest, me. interesting guy, Dave. Grohl. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to reading the book too. <laughs> Most of it is just me wanting to start reading again. Yeah. But, but yeah, I picked this up in the airport like I told you a couple weeks ago. So I'm going to start reading that. That's that. So let me know other, how it is. Let me know how that one is. Actually, the other is I'm having an issue with the car. What? So, 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 at what point do you just cut your losses with with a car? So I've got about almost three thousand dollars in repairs for my SUV. Okay, at what point do you say trade it in? It has almost hundred thousand miles on it. Like someone, someone help me out. Like I'm, and, and here's the other problem is like, it's not, I have, I have the least, um, critical problem that anyone could have with their car in Charleston, South Carolina. The heater yeah. doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Don't need that. You need that a month and a half in Charleston. Yeah. So, so I get a call today. It's a bunch of stuff with the, with the, um, I don't know. I wrote it down somewhere. The uh, oh, the coolant lines in the turbo. I didn't even know that the car had a turbo. It's an SUV. Why do you why do you need turbo in an SUV? But whatever. Gotta, yeah. So they got to take the turbo heads out to replace the coolant lines. What what do coolant lines have anything to do with the heat? There, there, and I'm there asking have these to be, questions, and he's and he's car heads watching, right? Yeah, seriously. Like if like if any of our players like really hit me up on Facebook or something like what, what the heck does this mean? And if you can do it by tomorrow morning, that'd be great. Of course, yeah. this isn't even going to drop for another day. I, I don't, don't know. know. I mean, at what point do you like, how much is like, I think you have to look at what the actual value of the automobile is. And if I think you're, if you're doing repairs that are worth, you know, I don't know, a third to half of what that value is, it's probably not, a, you know, that it's a, essentially it's probably you gotta, still worth, it's probably still worth quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, it's nice. It's a nice SUV, but I mean, come on, three thousand dollars. Well, that's probably why it's three thousand dollars because it's so nice. Yeah, I don't know. 
That's a bummer about that. That is that's a bummer. All right, um, meet Jeff and Bernie. I don't know if you have any questions. Um, I, I can tell you on my end, this isn't a question for you, but more of a statement on how proud I am of of the entire American Cornhole League organization and of, e, of ESPN and of the platform that we have to be able to help. I don't know if you got a chance to meet the Hardmans, um, the family from Salt Lake City. Oh, good. Yeah, you got one. So Andy was there and Sammy, the mom and dad and, um, and Shay, one of their daughters, uh, was there. The other one couldn't make it, but, um, and, and I'm, and I'm sorry, I wish I would have had more information when we did the podcast last week, but, but the Hardmans are the family that we briefly talked about whose son Drake at 12 years old took his own life just last February. And, um, and fortunately I was able to meet up with them on a zoom call right after we did, the podcast last week and spoke to them. I mean, outstanding family. I don't know how they, uh, they're able to even deal with just an unspeakable tragedy like this, but a terrific family, so strong. And, um, it just so happened that, you know, we meet They They live in the Salt Lake city area. They come to the events, you know, we're able to get them VIP tickets. I introduced them to David Harris, our producer, David says, yeah, let's definitely do something on ESPN. Cause I said, Hey, if we can just get them on TV, you know, and just, you know, just, you know, talk about their, their, you know, their foundation real quick. That'd be great. David makes it happen. Uh, the celebrities really, you know, jumped in with them. So, you know, the, it, it's so funny cause it started out with this bags against bullies hashtag. I had yeah. no idea what it was. I look it up and then through our platform with the ACL able to help out this family over the weekend. Uh, I, I was so proud to be a part of that. Funny story. You ready? Yeah. David, you know, obviously I've got the headset on. I can hear what David's talking about. And every time he tried to get a shot of the family, I mean, this went on for like a while. Members of the family would get up and go to the restroom or, or, or yeah. the concession stand or whatever. He's like, God, can they just all sit still just, just for yeah. a little bit? And then finally he was able to get them all sitting down one time. It was funny. But but to, to even even further that story, as soon as they all were seated, David gets in my ear and says, all right, Jeff, when we come out, this is a double break. So yeah. the little, the little, you know, little segment we do in between the double break, let's hit the family. As soon as he says that, gone. <laughs> Sammy and Shay were gone. Gone. I'm like, David, they're gone. It was so funny. I mean, because it so, kept so happening. Andy, so Andy, the dad, goes chasing after him and uh, grabs him, brings him back, sets him down just in time for us to come back from commercial break so we could get a shot of him. But no, that's man, really that, cool. The that fact was, that they that were there. Funny. I mean, I, yeah. that's a lot of trauma. It's a lot of trauma. Yeah, like I said on the air, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that that our community could give them just a little bit of joy. I know they had a chance to actually play some cornhole behind the scenes. That's where they were, by the way. If they weren't watching, they were they, they were going over the empty boards, yeah, and playing. Yeah. And they were playing with some of the celebrities. So, but uh, but really neat. I mean, this this is this can be a deeper episode. We've only got like three minutes left. You know, I, I told my daughter about about this situation, and she brought up an interesting point. She said, you know. She's 17 years old. And she said, you know, I, I feel like maybe we're learning some of these deep topics too soon. And and I'm not trying to debate this. I'm just I'm just telling you her her statement, you know, and, and she brought up a great point. I actually talked with the family about this, too. And this is something that, you know, this is where some of their efforts are going to be going. You know, why at 12 years old? How is that even an option in a 12 year old's mind that suicide is a way out? Why is a 12 year old thinking that? 
you know, why, why is, is it social media? Is it someone saying them? Is it school? Is it the phones? But, you know, I, I just thought that was really interesting for my daughter to say that, you know, at 12 years old, True. she wouldn't have thought that that was even an option. Um, I mean, I it, think, it goes back to what we've talked about before. I mean, there's, there's so much pressure on these kids. You know, we can say, well, you know, they don't pay for their own food. They don't pay for, you know, the house or whatever, but they're, they're, they're under an enormous amount of pressure from their peers at school. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't know, man. I think, unfortunately, that's a pretty, especially in boys, the age 12, 13, 14, is pretty big with suicide because you don't have the ability to rationalize yourself out of what you're thinking because you're still so black and white in how you approach things in life at, at that age. And so once you start to think about it, it's like, oh, well, I won't feel bad anymore if I do this. It's not, man, this is going to kill my mom. This is, you know, this is going to be such a bad, like you don't think of it in those terms, yeah, right? right? It's just, right. I won't feel bad anymore if I do this. Let me go ahead and do this because you're not thinking properly at that age yet about bigger, bigger things. But I, I don't see how parents can handle that. I don't see how parents stay together. Right. Because yeah. I would think the natural. Well, I would think some of the natural thought processes would be maybe a little blame. You know, whose fault was it more? Like, you know, you like that's that's a normal human reaction. That's not crazy. That's yeah. They, I mean, they, uh, we've only got 45 seconds left. Just just to answer that question. You're right. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't call it blame, but there is guilt. And yeah. and and again, I told you my story about about my son. Yeah. And uh, and Kathy's oldest daughter, you know, very, very similar and very devastating path that she was on being bullied. Um, and you do you feel guilty as a parent because the kids don't talk about it. Right. And so so as a parent, you say to yourself, you know, how could I have gotten this out of my child? You know, how could I how could I have you know, gotten him or her help? How could we have talked about it? But the kids don't talk about it, Bernie. They shut yeah. down. They will not yes, talk they about it. And Drake, what was going on at school was unspeakable. I mean, yeah. I really don't even want to talk about what was going on with him at his school. He didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want to tell anybody because he felt, he felt guilt, but, right. but anyway, so it's bags against bullies. We'll talk more about the hashtag, do it for Drake. Great family. We'll talk more about that as the, as the podcast yeah. goes on. But, um, Hey brother, enjoy your time in Los Angeles. Uh, hit me up, shoot me some pictures and we'll be watching. Cool, man. We'll do. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.